Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to get involved. We do have a couple of guests lined up for you today. Danny Shays will join us at the top of hour number two, as he does every Thursday. And coming up at 1230, we'll hear from the voice of the SU women's basketball team, Brian Higgins, as he gets set to call today's ACC quarterfinal game the 8-9 game between Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Uh, we actually have a shortened show today, Seth, uh, going up until 145, and then we'll kick it over to Brian Higgins down in Greensboro, North Carolina. There, there's one SU basketball team that doesn't need to sweat it out going into the— Women uh, can, can advance their cause. Uh, the women—look, uh, this is a question I'll ask Brian. Uh, how high can they get if they were to keep winning? Right, like if this team were to make a run to the ACC final, like they did a couple years ago when they hosted, could they get to the could they get to the point where they're hosting again? I don't know. That would be fun. I thought it was awesome when they hosted the tournament a couple years back. It was great, and uh, a lot of people went, and I think the the program picked up some fans that that maybe uh, you know maybe had never been to a women's game before. They went, they retreated to a, a great weekend of basketball, and and the orange advanced, and you know the. The women are in are in great shape. They've won five in a row. They beat Duke at home. Uh, they are in the NCAA tournament, Easy. as you said. Just a just a, a matter of how high. Would you say easily in? Oh, easily yeah. in. Yes, they are. They're a lock uh, to go at this point, even if they lose today. But again, uh, Brian Higgins will be on the call right here on ninety seven point seven FM, beginning uh, at one forty five with pregame coverage. So we're going up until uh, about one forty or so. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. We'll get to the women's team coming up in about a half hour. We're going to spend the first 30 minutes, though, talking about the men's team uh, and what we saw last night. We we knew the situation. It was, you know, season on the line. No doubt about it. Season on the line last night. You know, we always joke about how I hate to say must win when it's a regular season game. Last night was a must win. I mean, that was a game they absolutely needed to have. And they lose by 15 and Boston College, I don't know if you got this impression watching the game, Seth. BC all night long felt like it was a pass ahead of the zone. Just I mean, terrific ball movement yes. by the Eagles. Yes. And I don't know if it was Syracuse slow to react. You know, if, if they got tired as the game wore on, maybe there was some of that. But Boston College came in with a plan. They attacked that zone, and they got wide open looks. And by and large, Division One college basketball players are going to make open shots. And that's what we saw last night. Those three guards between Bowman, Robinson, and Chapman, when they get open looks, they're going to make them. 14 for 27 as a team. And for this Syracuse team in particular, that is awfully difficult to overcome. Now, they did it inside the Dome. BC made 11 threes on that night. Uh, But they had their best offensive game of the year. Syracuse shot 60%. That's not going to happen again. We knew that. And BC fills it up from deep, hits 14 threes. They're very good at home. You know, and, I, and Syracuse loses a game that they absolutely had to have. You know, I, I said earlier in the week when we were talking about this game, I think it was on Tuesday, I said, you know, I, I'm a little worried Syracuse played their best offensive game of the year. And you pointed out, hey, they won by 16 and played their best offensive game of the year. 18, actually. Um, but 18, yes. whatever it was. No, I know. They, they, they was, won by a lot. They they won by, it wasn't like they won by five and played right. their best offensive game. Um, 
And, and I just want to point out, I know that 3% in a 3-point in a shooting is a big difference, but Boston College only shot 3% better from 3. They shot 1% better or a half a percent better from the field uh, you know, than they did here in the Dome. So it's not like they went out and shot... 60%, you know, the way Syracuse did on their home floor. Um, and Syracuse came back down to earth. And Syracuse played, you know, I think even better than they had been uh, most of the season offensively. And, and it still wasn't enough. But that's not the problem, right? The, the offense wasn't necessarily the issue because 70 points wins how many games for this team this year? Uh, the issue was the defense, as, as you mentioned. And there was one play in particular that really stuck out to me and, and really uh, summed up all the issues. It was in the second half, and O'Shea Brissett, when you're looking at the basket, right, O'Shea Brissett was the forward on the right side of the floor. And he ended up, because of something, he ended up guarding somebody on the left block. And it led to the wide-open man in the right corner. Pass got swung across from the guy that O'Shea went over to help and defend, and then there was an open three with Pascal failing to get out there in time. Um the zone was just off all night. Rotations were were steps slow. Uh, they weren't crisp enough. They, there was just something wrong and missing all night defensively. Yeah, and BC got open looks. And again, I think you have to give some credit to Boston College. Uh, the Eagles had a plan, and they executed that plan, and they moved the ball about as crisp as you can move the ball against the zone defense. And as you said, that led to Syracuse being out of position and, and playing catch-up by and large, on that end of the court. And it felt like, I don't know if you got this feeling, Seth, but on offense, it felt like it was such a grind for Syracuse to, to get a basket, and they spent 25 seconds to 30 seconds you know, killing themselves to try to get an open look, and then they would score. And then BC would come down, and it was like bing, bang, boom. They find an open look. They hit a three. It was so easy on that end of the floor for BC. Then Syracuse comes back down, and it's a struggle to get a basket, to find an open look. The big three took... 46 shots last night between the three of them. Everybody else took four. And I know that we joke about how it feels like it's five on three. It was last it night. It was five on three last night. And you you cannot win many games going five on three in the ACC. Steve, last night in the first half, it literally was five on three. I mean, Syracuse had 37 points at the half. They were only down three, which I think was remarkable because three people scored all their points. You know, it was only Frank Howard. It was only Tyus Battle. It was only O'Shea Brissett. And even in that, Tyus Battle had more than half of Syracuse's points in the first half. He was uh, on another planet. And, you know, you look at the first half specifically, one person took a shot other than those three. Was there that was a, a shot? I mean, there that... was a single shot, and it was it an airball the from the free throw line, uh, inside the free throw, free throw yeah. line. Like, it was unbelievable watching this. And I know I tweeted it out, and I, I don't remember if I had texted you, but I know I texted Pauly, and I said, you can't actually win a game like this, right? Like, you can't actually win a game playing three on five, can you? Um, and the answer is no. Like, you can't win a game playing three-on-five against another ACC team. Not against Pittsburgh, not against Georgia Tech, not against Boston College. Syracuse has tried to do it all year, and you just can't do it. Like, it's a Division One basketball team. They're good enough to beat you if you're playing with three people offensively. And somehow, Syracuse was down only three at halftime. And, that was and remarkable. They, they go on that run, and, and Battle led the run, and he had 20 by halftime, and he was fantastic. And he, again, single-handedly kept them in that game. And you feel like, all right, they survived, you know, a fast start by Boston College. Uh, BC was 
nine for 17 from three-point range in the first half, and the lead got to 13, and you felt like, oh, Syracuse is in a lot of trouble. And then they battled back, and they got it to one, and they go in the locker room down only three, and you felt like, all right, chance to reset. And then BC comes out and then immediately extends the lead. Chapman hit a three on the first possession, made it six, and then you know, little by little, they build the lead back up. And, you know, whatever Syracuse tried, BC had the answer for it. And again, I think you have to give some credit to the Eagles for that. Um, But that's, you know, again, that's an opponent Syracuse should beat. And if you're an NCAA tournament team, you beat BC. You just do. And and Syracuse this year, again, unfortunately for SU fans around here, it doesn't look like your team's an NCAA tournament team. No, I I don't think they are. And I, I... You know, I, I had this thought last night, and I'm not sure if it's totally accurate. And I think that the game to, uh, on Saturday uh, could change how I feel about this next statement a little bit. But uh, Steve, how do you feel about the team that's never won a game in the ACC tournament and hasn't won a conference tournament game in five seasons, potentially having to win the ACC tournament to go to the tournament, to go to the big tournament? You know, like how do you, how do you feel about that? App, even being in the realm of possibility here, I don't put a lot of stock in the fact that they haven't won a game yet. Every team is different, and it's kind of a fluky thing it that is. they haven't won a game. Uh, but this particular team, do I feel confident that this particular team can win, say, four games in a row? Because that's in four nights. That, that's just that's it's not, not happening. It's not going to happen. No, I, and um, I I only point out the history because it. Because it is what it is, right? Because because it's this weird, fluky thing where they have yet to win an ACC tournament game. I, I mean, I I don't feel very confident that this team will go out there and like put together four nights of good basketball and make it to the final. Because I think at this point, you've you've now reached the point where like you've got to at least get to Saturday. I think so. Um, like even if you don't win the whole thing, you got to get to the championship game. And again, let, let's see what happens this Saturday against Clemson. If Syracuse gets that one. Then let's Maybe see the changes. bracket. Maybe three is good enough. Maybe three, but that's still a lot. Like yeah. that's beating Clemson. That's beating a bad team on Tuesday, and then that's beating two pretty good teams on Wednesday and Thursday. When you know you're relying on three guys, and and you that's know Brissett and Battle and Howard are playing 40 minutes every day. I mean, it's you know Jim Beheim admitted last night, really for the first time this season, admitted afterwards that the guards are getting tired. Um, you know, if they play Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? How tired are they going to be in that stretch? What are they going to be doing Thursday at the 35th minute? Right. You know, and and I'm I'm surprised that it that Jim actually said that. Like aren't you? Because even as recently as Saturday, he's been like, "No, we're fine. Like our guys aren't tired." Even if he thought it, hasn't publicly said it. And I I think that last night you could feel a lot of the, "Well, that was it." And it was something like, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say reality setting in, but it, it had that kind of a feeling, didn't it, in Jim Beheim's press conference? It did. Hey, yeah, our guys are tired. You know what? They've been playing 40 minutes for three months. Of course they're freaking tired. Oh, yeah, our, our other four players can't score. Pascal and Barama don't have anything in their knees and can't jump. Like, it, it felt like reality had set in last night. That like, hey, they lost, and that's it. It did. It felt like an end of the year press conference. And, it and, really did. You know, we've we've both been doing that. Well, I've been doing this longer than you, obviously. Yeah. But there's that. You know, there's that press conference at the end of every year, like after the final game, or maybe it's you know a few days later. You know, after the NCAA tournament brackets are announced and they talk NIT or whatever it may be. And again, I've been doing this 20 years. We haven't talked NIT all that much in this town, which is a good thing. Shows you how good this program is. But 
it felt like one of those press conferences, like everything that went wrong, and it these did. are the reasons why we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish this year. It did. It felt like a, you know, putting a cap on the season type thing. And I, I know they're not giving up. Obviously, I mean, they're going to go out on Saturday. They're going to try to beat Clemson, and you know, try to you know grind their way back into the you know into the NCAA tournament picture. They're not even on the bubble right now. I mean, they are they're no. well off the bubble. They're going to need. Several wins to get back on the bubble. And I also think, I think Notre Dame winning last night hurts them. I think Notre Dame winning last night hurts them a lot because I think Notre Dame is a very, very compelling team for this NCAA tournament committee. And you're looking at a team that stayed afloat without Bonzi Colson. He comes back and he picks up a double-double in game one and he's going to play again on Saturday. And I know they play Virginia, so maybe they're not going to win, but you'll get to see him again. And then they're going to go to the ACC tournament. And if they can win a game or two, Right? Like, if they can win Tuesday, if they can win Wednesday, if they can maybe pull off an upset and get to Friday, right? Get to the semifinals. I think they're going to get in. Like, I think that they did just enough when Bonzi Colson was out that now they're like in position that if they win a couple games and show that Bonzi Colson is Bonzi Colson and back to what he is, like, that might be enough for the tournament committee to say, you know what? You've earned a trip to Dayton, right? Like, you've earned a play in game. And, and I think that hurts Syracuse. No uh, doubt that really hurts does. Syracuse. Absolutely. If if Notre Dame gets in, Syracuse isn't getting in unless you know, as we said, Syracuse makes a a, a deep run uh, in the ACC tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's got eight conference wins right now. Yeah, and that's the best Syracuse can get to if Syracuse pulls off an upset right. on Saturday. And of course, Syracuse would lose the tiebreaker with them. Uh, Syracuse loses the tiebreaker with BC because get this, I I looked, I, I was curious what this rule was. This morning, I didn't know how they uh, determine. It's the highest it. highest team that you beat. Right? Yeah, so they beat Duke. Yeah, and so that's that's why isn't they get that, the tiebreaker. Isn't that a little bit of a dumb rule? How else do you want them to break the rule? I don't know. Break it. It's head know. to head, which they right. they they split, and then they go to. Did you beat Virginia? Okay, no, you didn't beat Virginia. Who Who's next Duke? in line? Okay. So on and so forth. And, and BC beat weird. Duke. There's not a better way to do it. Well, I mean, I'm asking you. I don't know. What you want to flip overall, a coin? Overall record. No, because you can load up your non-conference yeah, with a bunch of cupcakes. I don't like that. I'm fine with it. They, you know, who beat the best? You know, who has the best win in conference? That's how we're going to split the tie. That is how they split the tie. And, and Duke, yes. you know, went down in Chestnut Hill. First game of the ACC schedule it wasn't even BC's first game. It no, was the, the first, first in the December, first game yeah. of the ACC schedule. Uh, BC beat Duke in Chestnut Hill, and and that uh, that gives them the tiebreaker. Yeah, I was just surprised that was it. I didn't know what the answer was going to be when I looked this morning. Uh, I, I don't know what I expected it to be either, but I was surprised that was the answer. All right. So basically Syracuse is locked into, unless they win and Boston College loses, right? If Syracuse wins on Saturday and BC loses on Saturday, then Syracuse will be ahead of Boston College and they'll play in the 11-14 game and they'll be playing Tuesday night. But if anything other than that happens, if Syracuse and BC both win, if Syracuse and BC both lose, Syracuse will be in the 12-13 game at noon on Tuesday. They're going to be kicking it off. From Brooklyn. That's brutal. Get ready. That's brutal. You're going to have to get up early to get there for the, yeah, the noon because I can't leave till Tuesday. Do you want to give me the camera? I could start Maybe. I could start getting stuff for and you. I just have to get there by the end? Yeah. You just have to get there to shoot your stand-ups. Yeah. That's brutal. I did not want that noon game. We won't be doing a show on Tuesday if they uh, no, play that noon they'll game. They'll be playing as we're supposed to be on the air. Are you going to do a post-game show, potentially? Uh, I I don't know. Remains to be seen. TBD. All right. 
Let's take our first time out. Full lines are open. We want to hear from you. 315-437-7644. Got to take our first time out. Back after this on Orange Nation. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, into the phone lines we go. Stephen Syracuse kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Steve. Uh, this is Stephen North Syracuse. Oh, Stephen North Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of Stephen Syracuse call in, so I make that distinction. Anyway, um, um, I thought that uh, uh, last night Boston College looked like the team that was trying to wrap up an NCAA bid, and Syracuse, frankly, looked like our football team at the end of the season where they just run out of gas. Uh, Beheim has, has said, uh, you know, you can get by with six or seven players, but I think the Spartans at Thermopylae probably could have used a few more Spartans, and I think that's the case uh, with, with this team. We just lost too many guys and had to play the guys we had too long, and uh, I think the poor defense was partially due to some great uh, ball handling and passing by Boston College, but uh, it was also due to uh, fatigue, and I think injuries contribute to fatigue because it, it can wear you out dealing with pain, and almost all our guys have been uh, dealing with injuries. I compared the uh, the uh, box score to the dome game uh, between these two teams that we won by 18 to the box score last night when we lost by 15. And it's kind of in, there's several kind of interesting points. Uh, I, I always look at uh, what our uh, shooting percentage is from two point range as well as three point range. And we were 22 for 32 inside the arc at the dome and outscored Boston College in the paint 30-14. to 14. Uh, In this game, we were 9 for 26 inside the arc. That is, we were 69% in the dome, and we were 35% last night, and we were outscored in the paint 12-20. Uh, to 20. Uh, The big three of Battle Howard and Brissett scored 55 points in the dome. They scored 64 points. Last night, but in the Dome, their teammates scored 26 points, including 14 from Chukwu and 12 from Dolajai. Uh Last night, uh, their teammates scored six points. Uh, Chukwu had four. Moyer had two on a couple of free throws. Moyer uh, attempted one shot in 20 minutes, and that was that turnaround uh, air ball. Uh, and uh, Dolajai played 24 minutes and never even attempted a shot. We had 11 turnovers in the Dome to 17 for Boston College, uh, and we uh, outscored them in points off turnovers, 17 to 6. Uh, last night, we had 15 turnovers. They had 10, and points off turnovers were 18 to 19. Let me jump in on that one, Steve, because I thought that that was a, a key point in the game. And there, there's a difference between, you know, you threw out the, the turnover numbers and you're right. SU had 15 last night, 11 in the first meeting. But there, there's a difference between a guy traveling and a guy throwing the ball away and it goes down for a dunk. And we saw last night several live ball turnovers where BC, you know, intercepted the pass, went down and scored, and, and you just laid it out right there. 18 points off turnovers for BC. Uh, in that game, only six 
in the first one. So yes, they they made 14 threes, but I thought another key stat last night was that that turnover stat and the points off turnovers in particular. I, I was shocked to see Boston College was credited with only eight fast break points. I would have thought they had at least twice that. Uh, anyway, uh, assists uh, in the dome were uh, 11 to 14, which is a good ratio for us because we're a drive team rather than a, a shooting team. Uh, last night they were eight for, uh, eight for us and 19 for Boston College, uh, and uh, so uh, they were. T- uh, uh, BC missed a lot of open shots last night. They actually could have won that game by a lot more. I thought the real key was their excellent ball handling and passing, and they did things so quickly uh, compared to Syracuse. Syracuse just brings the ball up slowly and passes it lazily around the outside and often settles for an awkward three-pointer. If if we could just uh, have more aggression and, and, and efficiency the way BC did, we could score a lot more, but again, that may have to do with how many minutes these guys have uh, played and, and how many uh, injuries they're dealing with. Yeah, and I think some of it has to do with options, too. Um, BC had more options on the offensive end. I mean, BC had three guards that, that you could rely on, and, and they've got an inside presence as well. And while Popovich didn't start, he still played 25 minutes, and he, he played well. He was you know dealing with a, a sore ankle, had 11.6 rebounds. Yeah, BC had four players in double figures. I mean, I mean Syracuse would kill for a fourth scoring option right now. They, they would, right? They would kill for it. Uh, they haven't had a fourth scoring option in two weeks since Merrick Dolge put up double digits against Miami. They they would love to have somebody who could give them, forget 11 points, who can give them eight, who give them six. They had 22 like, they points outside that. of their big three. Syracuse had six. And yeah. again, it was a 15-point prob- game. That's the problem, is that this team doesn't have that sec- that that next option, right? And, you know, uh, when when Frank Howard has a good first half but is off in the second, when Tyus Battle isn't going to score 20 points in both halves that he plays, when, you know, things don't go exactly according to plan in the second half of games, you're going to struggle if you don't have that next option. And, and you know, time and again this season, Syracuse has not had that next option to lean on. That's the big difference with BC this year opposed to last year is that Jordan Chapman has has – Given them that third option from the guard yes. position, we know about Bowman and Robinson, and they're obviously very good. But when Chapman is open, by and large, he's going to make the shots. He was five for ten last night. He actually did miss a couple of open looks, but he, I mean, how many were how many shots did he have? He just did not have a hand in his face. And again, that's a credit to BC and the way they attacked it and the ball movement. And they, as I said at the top of the show, they were one pass ahead of the zone. It felt like the whole night that Syracuse was scrambling on a lot of possessions. Because of the way BC attacked it, and they got open looks, and Division One college basketball players are going to make open shots, and BC made open shots last night. Yeah, they had open looks, they hit open looks. There's nothing else you could say about it. All right, let's take another time out. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We'll hear from Brian Higgins on the other side. Orange Nation returns right after this. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air, Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg. Shortened show today. We're getting to Brian Higgins at 145 for the 8-9 matchup of the ACC Women's Tournament down in Greensboro, North Carolina. Syracuse takes on Virginia Tech at 2. Again, pregame coverage at 145. But the talk turns back to the men now as we go back to the phone lines. Jake in Syracuse up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Jake. 
Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Good um, afternoon. I remember calling in after Torian Thompson Sanford in September-ish and asking the question, you know, who's going to have the better win percentage, the football team or the basketball team? And, you know, what happened is this team actually gelled, and they beat teams that last year's team didn't. They beat Maryland. They beat Georgetown, St. John's, UConn. And we're all thinking, hey, you know, maybe we got something here. But, you know, too many injuries to overcome. Thorpe leaves. Um, you know, last year's team was led by seniors. Coleman, uh, Roberson, uh, Andrew White. You know, they, the guys that have been through the grind. And this, this year's team doesn't, doesn't have that. A lot of freshmen. So, you know, they're actually, if you think about it, in the beginning of the season, before the season started, they're probably right where most of us kind of thought they'd be. And um, I'm just hoping maybe somebody could write an article saying maybe Tyus Battle's overrated because without Tyus Battle this year, we wouldn't have won 10 bleeping games. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Jake. I don't necessarily disagree with what Jake said there where, like, they're right where they where we thought they would be, right? Like, it, yeah, we, we thought they would end up being a, a team on the bubble and a team scratching and clawing to 18 wins. But uh, here's what I would say in that regard, and here's why I think it's a little more frustrating, is they got off to that great start. Right, and they won eight, and and they won eleven of their first thirteen, and they looked good. Like they looked legitimately good against Maryland. I think they looked legitimately good in that second half when they came back against Georgetown. How about Virginia uh, Tech, you know, they looked legitimately good in that Virginia Tech game on New Year's Eve, um, and they got off to a twelve and two start, and you know, even further than that, they got off to an eighteen and nine start, and with four games left, all they had to do, we thought, right, we thought what they had to do was win two of their last four. So they were to, to get into the NCAA tournament. So I think the thing is, when you say, hey, this is this is right where we thought they would be. Like, yeah, you're right. But it becomes frustrating, and it, it, it's it's like a tease, right? Because they got you so close. They they got you drawn in. They, they, they pulled you in so close and said, hey, look, we're going to go make the tournament. We're going to do this. We're going to pull it off in a year that we shouldn't. We're going to fool everybody. And we're gonna and and we're gonna make it. And then when the opportunity was there, they dropped the ball. And then the team shrunk. And then the team disappeared. And then you know uh, the those other scoring options went away. Oh, last night the defense fell apart. Oh, Saturday night the offense was even worse than it ever has been. Uh, like that's the part that I think becomes the frustrating part that they were right there. And and you know Jake says they won some games that they didn't win last year yeah but they also didn't win games that last year's team did in Duke and Virginia and Florida State so you know there's there's some push and pull there as inconsistent and limited as this year's team is games like last night were bound to happen like you're bound to have those nights where the opponent shoots the ball really well you're just not consistent enough on offense and you lose especially on the road in this conference I don't know how upset you could be about what happened last night. Like Syracuse lost that they game. Lost. Like that that was not close. They it's not one of those well they you know they could have won if this had gone differently. I mean, BC deserved to win that game and they they won by 15. I think that the most frustrating thing about this team is that that they're not good enough to give away games that they should have won. And you go back to St. Bonaventure and you go back to Notre Dame and that first game against Wake Forest at Wake Forest and you go to Georgia Tech and you go to NC State five games right there that if two of those games go differently, you're at nine wins, a chance to get to a 10th win in the ACC. Obviously, if St. Bonaventure is one of those games, it's not a league game, but you get my point. I mean, St. Bonaventure right. is a good team. That's a quality win. If you had two of those five, 
I mean, Notre, they should not have lost that Notre Dame game. No. Georgia Tech on the road, they, they played awful. Lost. They lost by four. NC State at home. Again, you should, if you're an NCAA tournament team, you don't lose that game. Even I think you could throw the North Carolina game into that category of games that were right there and you just didn't get it done down the stretch. I mean, yeah. the game was tied and, and, and they, you know, North Carolina scores the last four points and wins. So that's six games. If but you, you know win what? a third of those six games, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. But you know what, Steve? You, you say the game was right there, and you know what? North Carolina was the better team, and they pulled it out at the end. Like You didn't score for the last three minutes. No, I understand. What I'm saying is you give me two of those six. I'm yes. not saying you need all six because nobody's perfect down the stretch of games. You give me two of those six. Right. The Notre Dame one in particular. I mean, that's a no-brainer. You give me Notre Dame... And one other game in that five. And this is probably an NCAA tournament team. And I think that's the part that's most frustrating is that that's how close this team was to making the NCAA tournament. There were were four plays over the course of the season going a different way. Maybe not even. Maybe not even. Maybe not even. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's three. And I I point to to specific games. You know, I, I point to the ones where they didn't allow more than 60 points. You know, Bonaventure, Notre Dame at home. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech on the road. Uh, The Virginia game at home, they didn't allow 60 points. That's in a bit of a different category. Uh, The Duke game, they didn't allow 60 points, more than 60 points. That's five games where they did not allow 60, more than 60 points and they lost. And it's just like, what what are you doing there? Right, like how how do you allow that to happen so many times where you don't allow more than 60 points and you lose? That seems like one of those things that's really fluky, right? Like, how many times are you going to lose games where you allow 55 points? How many times are you going to lose a game where you allowed 51 points? You know, that that shouldn't happen five times in a season, yet it did. So if you could flip the results of two of those, if you could flip the result of one of those and have a shot go in at the end of regulation or a shot go in at the end of overtime in that Florida State game, all of a sudden this season takes on a whole different look. That Notre Dame game still drives me crazy. Yes. Like, I, I still, I, like, I know how they lost, but I, I can't wrap my I head around how, how they, they lost. lost. Yeah. I mean, they, they should have been up. 15 at halftime. That should not even have been a game in the second half. And they let Notre Dame hang around and and literally steal that game at the end. And it, it again, it's that one and any of the other games. You pick up one more. And again, this team's probably in the NCAA tournament. Instead, they're looking at having to go on a major run down in Brooklyn next week. I think to they have get to get in. to Saturday, if not win the whole thing. I think they have to get to the championship game, if not win the whole thing, to get in. Again, talk to me after this Saturday. That's fine. If they beat Clemson, maybe it's not quite. Maybe it's not quite get to Saturday, but I think it's that. I think it's like that drastic. Like I think you've got to get. You've got to. You've got to pick up a couple of quality wins because you know what Tuesday, whoever you play, I don't care. That's not a quality win, and it helps you in no way, shape, or form. The only thing it does is get you tired for later in the week. <laughs> you know that doesn't help you. Uh, you know, even even if you you advance and you play a Miami. Does that help your resume enough? I don't think so if you beat them. Enough? It helps. No, it helps, it helps but not you. enough. It helps you, but it's not the win that you need. If you advance past that and you play Duke or North Carolina, that helps you. If you beat Clemson and then get to the semifinals, that might be enough. Because you, you, you would have beaten three quality opponents in the span of a week. But again, talk to me after Saturday. Let's see what happens. If they lose and they're 7-11... and 11, then major run. They got to go on a major run. Saturday. Maybe win the whole thing, but yeah, yeah, right. At least get to the finals, you would think. All right, let's That's take the a time out. That's the only thing I can think of. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two with Danny Shays right after this. A Syracuse Sports Center starts now.
I'm Max Brigandi. SU women in action today. First game for them in the ACC tournament. They take on Virginia. Pre-game coverage getting started in less than an hour at 145. Tip set for two. You can hear it right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Arizona Board of Regents has called a special meeting today uh, for this afternoon to receive legal advice regarding men's basketball head coach Sean Miller. Miller has not coached his team since Friday's publication of an ESPN report tying him to an alleged conversation heard on an FBI wiretap discussing a $100,000 payment to current Wildcats big man DeAndre Ayton. Crunch Weekly tonight 